Welcome everyone to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. And this is the podcast for you as a Christian entrepreneur, business owner, and investor to really hear inspiring stories to really help you advance God's kingdom, both in your life and in your business. And today we have another awesome show, an awesome topic. Um, We're going to talk a lot today about the refining fire of adversity and how God can really use that in your business uh, to really make you more like Christ, but then also to really teach you things on the back end, even um, even how to lead your company and your team out of things like this. I can't think of a more relevant topic coming out of COVID-19 and honestly the refining fire that this has been for, for many businesses. I know that many of you can relate. And so we have an awesome, awesome guest today who's going to really come on uh, and share his story with us about that refining fire and how God has really used him in his company. So before I do that, though, I want to make one quick announcement because we got a new site up and I want everyone to check it out. It's oneconnectionaway.com, and that is the new face for the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. And so if you are a Christian investor, faith-driven investor, you want to be around a community of like-minded uh, real estate investors, this is your opportunity. So make sure you go check it out at oneconnectionaway.com. Uh, without further ado, let me bring in our guest here. Uh, we got Will Connect joining us. Welcome, brother. How are you, man? Ellis, great to be with you, man. I'm, I'm uh, thrilled and excited to talk to you and, and share a little story and hopefully uh, encourage us some folks uh, yeah. along the, along the way. Yeah, I know you definitely will, man. Well, look, um, let me just, I feel like once we get in, I just got a feeling this is gonna be one of those conversations that we're just going to hit the ground running. So if it's okay with you, let me just pray for us and ask God to bless this time. And then we can just jump in. Amen. God, we give you thanks again for this great day, day to be alive, a day to serve you. I thank you for the ministry and vehicle of business to really advance your gospel through it. I even thank you for the refining fire that business is, that it is the ultimate spiritual game that can really refine us and make us more into the man or woman of Christ um, that you have called us to be so that we can reign with you forever. And we pray that this time, this episode, we really serve that mission in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. So, man, who in the heck is Will Connect? Tell us a little bit about where you are at right now and uh, what you're currently up to, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna backtrack and get your story as well. Absolutely. I'm blessed to uh, serve uh, in uh, professionally as the chairman of the board of a, an American manufacturer, Wendell August Forge. It's a family business, been in my family for about 40 years. Uh, I am the second generation leader of the second family to run the company, Wendell August Forge. Giftware out of metal. And so professionally, God has placed me there. But, uh, you know, when I first met you and, and heard about the things you were doing, uh, I, I was just reminded, you know, the kingdom capitalist mindset that we are all called to be tent makers, right, in business. And for the purpose of bringing glory to Christ. And so even digging in and, and meeting you and talking about, you know, what you do, uh, just been so encouraged. And I hope that the part of the story that uh, I'll be able to share with your listeners will help uh, grow that and encourage that base of kingdom capitalists who truly have on their mind bringing glory to Christ through wherever uh, you and, you know, were placed. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. How long, just to kind of give some folks some context, how long have you been in business? How long have you been doing this? 
We have been doing it since 1923, so 97 years, man. We've you don't been, look that old, though, man. You, well, you look a lot longer uh, than 90 It's, it's good makeup, right? Good makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our founder in 1923, a guy named Wendell August. And just he was a great entrepreneur and just had an, his hands in a number of businesses back in the day. Uh, in the late 70s, my mom and dad had the chance to buy the company, a very providential setup even at that standpoint uh, of our family life of how God brought uh, the seller, the August family, uh, together with my family, the Connects, uh, to, to make a, a, a succession and a transition from uh, the founder's family to, to the second family to run it. So yeah, we're the second family. But uh, again, God has been orchestrating things for a lot of years. And how long, how long have you been involved? What, what's kind of your business run in 30, all of this? Yeah, 32 years. So I, I'm a graduate wow. of Wake Forest University in North Carolina. Uh, you know, had uh, some, some incredible ideas to move to the West Coast after graduation, spot a trend, move it to the East Coast. And uh, as I'm getting ready to move to L.A., my dad calls me and said, hey, listen, uh, we're thinking about selling the company. No pressure. Wanted to know if you're interested in coming back. And if you are, I would love to have you. And it doesn't have to be a long-term thing. It could be something that we test. And you give it a year and see if it's something that you sense a passion for. And if you do, wonderful. We won't sell. But if not, um, you know, we can package it up and, 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 and move on at that point uh, into the future. So um, anyway, it is, uh, um, you know, it, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a passion for me. And I've been doing it my entire professional life. Love it. So 30, that's, that's awesome to hear, man. So 30 years, yeah, you've seen. I've been doing it longer than you are old, brother. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I think so, man. I, mean, I think so. I think so. But uh, so, so we're going to talk about today this idea of like the refining fire of business. We yeah. talk, and it's interesting you call it that because I say a lot that business is the ultimate spiritual game. And I think there's a lot of similarity to that, to both of those sayings, because what I have found in business, you know, and I was in the mission world, the missionary world for a long time in the world of pastoral ministry, which is another place of refining fires. But there's something different about business yeah. that, and not to compare the two or to say one is better than the other, we need both. But I do think there's an element of business that causes us to rely on God in much different ways. Um, and, you know, we're leading teams, we're dealing with money, and, and there's just so much there that I think causes us to really be transformed more into the image of Christ. And a lot of that has to do, man, with just adversity and overcoming adversity and, and what we allow God to do in us and through us during those times of adversity. And so I want to back up and, and I want to hear this story, man, of, of what God has kind of taught you over these 30 years yeah. um, and how you've overcome and what you've learned, you know, on, on the back end of this. You're still standing. You're still in business. So you haven't give up. You're Absolutely. still walking with the Lord. So, yeah, man, why yeah. don't you know, I'll let you take it away and I'll ask questions as we go. But would love just to hear yeah. uh, a little bit of this story. Sure. It, it's a great story. And it's again, it, it's a story of God's providential hand working through amazing people. And so, you know, we for, for years were a company that we, we it, we're, we're a lifestyle business. We're not a billion dollar brand or a unicorn, but we do what we do really well. And we love passionately because it's all handmade, by the way. And so for a number of years, we just cruised along. I mean, it was just successful. We made money. We invested, you know, in our people and our culture and everything was great. And, you know, we sort of got lulled to sleep. You know, at that point, everything, it just seemed to be, okay, this is easy. 
Okay, it's on autopilot right now. Well, then uh, 2008 hit, the economic crisis. And so here's this company that at that point had been around for, what, 85 years or so, just cruising along, doing okay. And uh, in 2008, we just happened to be opening a second flagship retail store. We do retail, web, and B2B sales. And we spent a lot of money to open this flagship retail store in eastern Pennsylvania about three months before the economic mm. crisis absolutely blows up the world. Mm. And so uh, our balance sheet just went from strength to absolute decimation in a matter of months, honestly, Ellis. And to the point where we had our annual meeting with our board of advisors, our accountants, our attorneys, and you know, business uh, associates that we you know, uh, take counsel from. And Wednesday before Thanksgiving, 2008, I'll never forget it, our advisors look our family in the eye and they say, guys, you need to sell the assets of the company, close it down and move on. And it was like, you know, we had seen the financials and seen the balance sheet, but to get that advice, it was like not a bucket of cold water. It was like sitting under the Niagara Falls <laughs> that was ice cubes falling down into our face. And it was a, you know, a devastating moment for us. Uh, we didn't respond. We appreciated the council. And then over that weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, 2008, our family prayerfully got together and uh, sought the Lord to see what he wanted us to do. And it became apparent, Ellis, that God wanted us to continue, but continue in a different way. This was a different mindset than we had ever had. Again, this is a little company that just did, and it just was okay. And now we were facing an existential crisis that uh, we were teetering, teetering on going out of business. So, you know, in leadership, and you know it, uh, part of leadership and part of this dichotomy of business and, and being a believer is you have to make tough decisions. And so January of 2009, I had to go back and literally let go of 40 colleagues in a small business, people who I'd grown up with, people whose kids I'd been to their weddings, people whose weddings I had been to. And uh, very, very difficult decisions that I was called as the president to make, but I had to make those at that time. And so, you know, the year 2009 became one of those, uh, just a continual fire. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in, in a fire for a night. We seemingly were in a fire, as many businesses in America and across the world were, for the entire 2009. We seemed to be in that fire every single day and literally every month when we'd look at our financials and look at our bank statement we would be just thankful that we were still around and literally we just hobbled through 2009 making the tough decisions doing everything we could to generate revenue keep expenses down and in december 31st 2009 we looked around at each other and we said we made it you know, we're still here. We're not strong. And so that first major refining fire was the economic downturn and devastation of 2008, 2009, even in 2010. You know, and at that time, we had a choice to make. When the advisors gave us that, um, that news that, hey, sell it, move on, you don't have anything, we could have curled up in the fetal position, right? Mm. We could have just laid down and said, oh, okay, you know, this is happening to me. And I've just got to do what, you know, roll up and I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to dig in. I'm not going to seek the Lord. I'm not going to rely on him. And so in that process of Lord revealing that we, we were to go on, uh, the faith, my faith as a person, 
and our faith as a company began to build because we had to rely on him unlike any time in our business history. So we make it through 2009, just providentially, just you know, paid the bills and, 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 and uh, made it through. Early 2010, we have the opportunity to bid on our largest uh, deal ever. And it's a major deal for a National Hockey League team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. For any of your listeners who are hockey fans, they either love or hate the Penguins, right? The Pittsburgh Penguins are an iconic franchise, one of the best in major league sports. I mean, in any professional sport, unbelievably well run. They were closing their iconic arena that had been around in Pittsburgh since the early 1960s. And anyone who had anything to do with Pittsburgh had some memory of that arena. They were looking for a gift for that final game in that arena that would be memorable and long-lasting. And so we went in with a number of other companies, and we pitched the Wendell August product. We came up with the idea of a commemorative ticket that would be done in metal and as a, remem as a memory of that last game. And we went in. This was March 4th, 2010, and I remember that date, and you'll know why in a second. March 4th, 2010, we go in and we pitch our ticket, the biggest order in our history. Listen, I mean, think about this, 18,000 handmade, one at a time, tickets that had to be delivered in little over four weeks. Wow. But again, the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Hey, we can do this. How do we do this? <laughs> you get it, right? Right. And I'm sure many of your listeners do as well. So we went in, we pitched it with all our heart. And that afternoon, we got the call from the Penguins and said, hey, guys, you've got the order. This is a Thursday afternoon. Friday morning, we go into the office, do an all-hands meeting, announce to everybody that uh, we got the order. And literally, Ellis, we look around, and for those of us who had been in the battle, been in the war, been through the fire together of the prior you know, 16 months of the economic challenge that we had been facing, for us, it was like, thank you, Lord. We're going to make it. We'll mm -hmm. be okay. Mm -hmm. Smiles ear to ear that afternoon. We get, get along uh, the business of starting this you know, monumental order that was going to take everything we had to deliver. This was a Friday. Uh, Friday. The next day, I go into the office. We have some uh, product that we need to deliver to some local customers. So I raise my hand. Yeah, I'd love to know, you know, talk to some of our customers, deliver some stuff. And I go and make the delivery. And I'm getting out of my car to make the delivery. I get a phone call from one of my colleagues who's back at the office. We'll get back here, the forge, Wendell August Forge, we're called locally the forge. The forge is on fire. Oh, gosh. Get back here. So when I talk about refining, I'm talking about a real literal fire here. And so, you know, I, I didn't panic. I went in. I literally made my delivery, got back to my car. And as I'm getting back in my car, one of our craftsmen, one of the guys who makes the product, calls me in tears. We'll get back here. The forge is burning to the ground. And uh, I'm like, wow, this must be a little bit serious. I get in my car about a five-mile drive, and I look up. I'm a, a few miles away from the, the factory. I look up, and there's a huge plume of smoke. And Ellis, I know this is, this is very, very bad. I drive up, and already we had a number of volunteer fire departments uh, on the scene. Long story short, that day, March 6th, 2010, two days after we'd gotten our largest order, our factory, our headquarters, and our flagship retail store burned to the ground. Gosh, wow. Literally burned to the ground. And so it was a real refining fire. And I go on to, onto the site, and my colleagues, many of whom are already there, uh, are in tears. 
and just come, Will, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to, you know, what am I going to do about my kid's college education? Will, this is the only job I know. What am I going to do? And, you know, this went on for about an hour, just fear, you know, uh, and understandable fear, right? I mean, everything many of us had known was literally burning to the ground in front of us. And so, as you can imagine, there's only one thing we could do. We gathered together as a prayer circle, about 25 of us who were on site, and we had a very simple prayer, Ellis. We just said, Lord, we don't know what's happening. We trust that you do. Show us what you want us to do. Mm-hmm. And it was, at, it was as if it went from fear and anxiety and, and absolute defeat. We'd go into that prayer circle, and we come out of that prayer circle different people. The Holy Spirit impacted us as people and changed us as only he can. And literally, Ellis, I got to watch my, my fellow employees go from fear to action, literally in about a 60-second time frame. They began to circle the, biz, the, the building and, 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 and coach the firefighters about valuable stuff that they needed to go in and get, and they willingly and heroically went in and, and retrieved for us. Um, and it was, again, the power of prayer prayer in that moment and the Holy Spirit changing us from fear to action. It was, mm. it was palpable. And if you were part of that, there is no way that you can't see that. Mm. So literally we burned to the ground, biggest order ever. Next day, you know, we're on site and our insurance adjuster comes to us and uh, he pulls me aside. He said, Will, I've got to tell you some things that I got to tell you some reality. 60% of small business who face a devastating event like you just faced never recover. They go out of business. You need to know that. Of the 40% that do recover, it takes up to nine months to get back into business. You need to prepare for that. And I looked at him and I said, we can't. We will not make it being out of business for nine months. So if you think about that, I just want to just, I'll end this little portion here of me talking incessantly about what God did. Um, What we did after being told that we, in one week, five days, had our workshop back up and functioning. In two weeks, we had our offices fully stocked and going. In four weeks, we reopened our flagship retail store. Every bit of those was in rented space in our little community in western Pennsylvania. Wow. Again, as, as I said earlier, a providential God working through the hands of amazing people coming together and rallying around the American way, right? This is how, what we do in America, we rally together. And that's exactly what, what happened for Wendell August Forge. And on April 7th of 2010, if you can believe this, just one of the best days of my, of my, of my professional career, I drove our company van down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about, about 45 minutes away and delivered 18,000 handcrafted tickets that miraculously, amongst all the circumstance, our craftsmen had been uh, able to craft and make. Unbelievable story, providential hand of God. I could tell you a hundred sub-stories, but again, it is all about what God does when we allow him to work. Um, So many questions. That is such an amazing and powerful story. I I love that it I can imagine, you know, you and your team, you know, not sure what to do when you turn to God in prayer and there's a spirit of boldness that happens. 
in one month, you're able to accomplish what you needed to accomplish. I'm curious, a couple things. First one that comes to mind is, did you ever tell the Pittsburgh Penguins that your place burned down? Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for your support for this show. We have surpassed the 10,000 download mark, and I want to personally thank you and show you my commitment to continue helping you build great businesses that advance God's kingdom. I'd like to give you a couple exclusive resources for absolutely free just as a way to say thank you to help you in this great endeavor. The first is going to be a video masterclass with three heroes and mentors of mine. The first one is John Rulin, who is the author of Giftology. Jordan Rayner is a serial entrepreneur and best-selling author of Called to Create and Master of One. And he has a special video for us. And then Vinny Fisher who is the CEO of Fully Accountable and founder of multiple eight-figure businesses, an incredible, an incredible resource for other CEOs and business owners. And then secondly, our very own Kingdom Capitalist devotional, a 10-day study to help you draw closer to God and find more purpose in your work. I'm so pumped to get these 10K gifts to you. All you have to do if you want these gifts is text the word KINGDOM to 55. Four four four. That's it. Text the word kingdom to five five four four four. One more time. Text the word kingdom to five five four four four, and you will get these awesome resources delivered to you for free. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you, and since I know you love this show, I can't wait to get these 10K bonuses to you as well. Thanks again. All right, let's get back to the show. Well, it's, it's, that's an amazing part of the story that I left out. We, I mean, it was national news. I mean, this little company, an iconic American manufacturer, um, I mean, literally it was covered all over the country that this fire, we had all the helicopters flying over and the news programs. Uh, so we fully expected to get a phone call. You know, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins closing their arena. It's an event. It's a month away. Right. The next day, we fully expected to get a phone call saying, guys, thanks so much, but we've got to go in another direction. How about this? We got that phone call the next day from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And instead of backing away, they said, we believe in you guys. We believe that you can do this. We're sending a courier down tomorrow with a check for the full amount of our order to help you with cash flow in these times. And this was a significant six-figure check. I mean, this wasn't $120. This was a significant six-figure check that they believed, they trusted. And again, even God using that order and the catalyst that that order was for us, we knew it was important when we got it two days earlier. Little did we know that that order for the Pittsburgh Penguins would be a catalyst and a focus giving us the perspective mm -hmm. that we all had to go in the same direction to reopen and get this order out. We were not going to let right. the Pittsburgh Penguins down. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, you got this order. They send you this check. It's almost like you feel obligated now. We got to get this done. But was there ever, from a leadership standpoint, from the CEO, like, do you ever, did you ever doubt? Did you just say no? You know what? Like, I just actually, I wish they wouldn't have sent that check. I mean, and the reason, reason why I asked this question, your story is very similar to, I think, what's happened to a lot of businesses over the past couple of months. And that COVID-19 has happened. It's literally burnt, you know, figuratively burnt their business to the ground. They're starting over. 
some of them, you know, they, they got the call. They had to shut down. If they were going to be shut down any longer, they couldn't survive. I don't know. I'm just curious. You know, you get this check. It seems like, man, it's not over yet. But did you want it to be over? Was it just so – was it got spirit in you work and say, no, we're not going to give up? Walk us through kind of your mindset from a leadership standpoint that really kept you going. Absolutely. And I think that's such an important question because were there moments of discouragement and fear in me? Absolutely. Even, you know, after that check came to your point. But again, I had to express those feelings with those I was intimate with. As the leader, what our people needed from me was strength, was commitment, was encouragement, leadership. So in front of my team, in front of my fellow workers, I was the chief encourager, right? I was the, the, the cheerleader. I was the, we've got this, we can do this with the strength and power of God. Look at what he's done already. We can do this. But the reality of it was there were times personally where I was doubting and I had to go back to the scripture. I had to go back to the Lord. I had to go back to my, my accountability group and said, guys, help me here. Pray for me. I am weak. And, and so the reality of it was personal times, yeah, absolutely, I struggled. But again, what are we called to do when we struggle, right? Whether we're leaders in any, whatever sphere of life we're leaders in, fix your eyes on Jesus, not on the circumstance. And that is one of the biggest lessons I learned. The story of Peter walking and then falling on the waves, to me, came to life. Waves come, refining fires come. Peter was able to walk on water, walk on top of those waves as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. The moment he looks away from Christ, he falls and, and Jesus reaches out and grabs him and gets him back into the boat. And that is the story of these, uh, these, this adversity that we face and we have faced through COVID-19. We need to stay strong. If God has called us to a purpose, he will bring it to fruition. We know that. And I was strong in my calling. I knew that Wendell August Forge was something the Lord had called me to, that he had created me in this leadership position for all my weakness. That I am an encourager by nature. And I was called to lead for such a time as this. And so for your listeners out there who are going through difficult times, if the Lord has called you, he will sustain. It might look different. It might be different. But the circumstance is not the reality. It is, I mean, circumstance is reality, but it's not truth. Hmm. Because the circumstance is going to beat us up oftentimes. Or when things are going really well, the circumstance can falsely puff us up. And we begin believing press clippings about ourselves that aren't true. So either in the good and the bad. And so for me, I just have to keep going back to what, what the Bible said. I felt that God had called me to this company. He had called me to this role. I had to, I had to confess when I was weak, but I knew he would sustain me. When I am weak, then I am strong, as Paul says in, in, in the Corinthians. And so reality of it was, yeah, I had moments where I doubt. Mm -hmm. I doubted, and I still do, right? I still do when waves come, even, even after experiencing something as, as miraculous as that. That's life, but Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us is our strength and our power, and the Word of God can bring us through any, anything. That's so powerful, man. I love, I just love the story. It's so good. Let me ask you this last question about this refining fire. Um, 
I think also, too, when we're faced with a loss, and it's clear that this company's been in your family for so long. It's a part of who you are. It's a, it is a part of your identity in some ways, of your calling. I'm curious the refining fire there when you're on the brink of losing something that's so close to your identity, right, that it's been around for so long. What, like, the refining fire of being on the verge of losing this did for your identity in Christ and identity oh. as a CEO, right? Cause I think that's something that I know, I mean, any entrepreneur and business owner, like our, our identity can be so tied to our success and how others perceive our success. I'm just curious to hear, you know, how, how that has been refined. So it just the, the personal refining, the personal wrenching, the person, personal wrestling with God has been significant over these past 10 years because I was, you know, I have, I come to see that I still am, but I was prideful. I was literally living for the audience of the world. I was climbing a ladder and outwardly Ellis, you would have seen me and said, eh, pretty successful guy. But as I got to the top of that ladder and the place burns to the ground, I re realized how temporary everything is. And although I am called to be the CEO of a certain company, that's not who I am. That is the role I am asked professionally to play. And that was such a difficult lesson for me because as you said, my identity was so tied up with the outward, how people saw me, what my title was, what awards I'd be winning, what my bank account looked like. And what I have come to recognize over these past 10 years is in the scheme of eternity, that isn't important. What is important that where God places me, I'm the best I can possibly be for his glory. The resources and the talents he gives me, I am to utilize as effectively as possible for his glory and the good of others. It's not about me. I play for an audience of one. And that has been such a hard lesson for me to learn that in my company, my role is CEO, but my role is no more important than the person who is uh, making the product or selling the product or cleaning our facility or cutting our grass. We all bring different, we're one body, right? With many parts, again, Corinthians. And that's where I have come. I am not, a, my, my life is not as, my professional job is the CEO, but I am a son of the king. And my job is to bring him glory and help others to see how awesome he is wherever I am. Yeah, to me, so that has been transformational as I was in that fire, and I'm still learning this, but as I was in that fire and as I am in additional fires, at whatever they are in life, I am reminded that I'm an ambassador for Christ. That's my real title. That's really who I am. Mm. And through this process, I have been radically transformed to a, a deeper understanding of God's calling on my life. Mm. So, Will, where, I know you got some different things. I mean, you're still leading your company, but what's, what a powerful message. I mean, is I kind of what I was going to ask you, what is the message you want to leave for entrepreneurs? But it seems like that's it. I mean, where, where does God have you now? You know, where, what are you passionate about? Where are you serving? Um, and I know there's even some things that we want to give our audience, uh, you know, in, in light of this conversation. So what does that look like for you now? And where, where is that calling uh, from God at right now? Where's that leading you? 
Yeah, I, you know, I still feel called to the business world because I believe that's a platform for me that's very unique as, as a uh, living, breathing CEO of a company. But my passion is to use that platform to share Jesus with, with my coworkers, with our, our customers, uh, and with a, a broader uh, a broader world, and I've been blessed to give it, you know, had an opportunity to be, I mean, the fact that I'm on your podcast, what a blessing that is. I, I, I speak nationally now on how we overcome adversity, and one of the key tenets that I've learned, you know, you and I as believers and many of your listeners, we've heard of that scripture, you know, where to take every thought captive and make it obedient. One of the things I've learned is the enemy wants to attack my mind. The, the enemy wants me to to uh, think that I'm defeated, that I'm discouraged, that this circumstance is overwhelming and will overpower and overtake me. He wants to distract me from what God is calling me to be. And so what I, one of the things I've learned over this time is that I am, am to take every thought captive. I'm to recognize the thought when that, 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 that attack of the enemy, you know, the spiritual battle that you and I are in, when this negative thought uh, comes to me, I, I'm to grab it to understand that it, it is real. It's not some figment of my, I do think this, but I'm not to dwell on it. And so for me to take every thought captive, I grab it, I recognize it, but then I throw it out. I, I, I get it out. I said, you know what? This is not, this is real, but it's not truth. Because I know God has a bigger purpose. He has my eternal best in mind. And I know that he uses every circumstance to make me more like Jesus. When I begin thinking that way, wow, even this tough circumstance is, is, is going to make me more like Jesus. Thank you. That's how I can be joyful in all affliction, as James says, right? And so for me, I've got to recognize that this is the battlefield that the enemy, the Satan wants to attack me, my mind, but it's the heart where God is transforming me day in and day out. And like Paul in Philippians 3, not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect. But brother, I want to press on. I want to become more for Jesus and, and more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. And I want to move two, two steps forward and no steps back. But when I, when I struggle, when I sin, I might take a step back, but I still want to be moving forward. So uh, just recognizing that my mind is a battlefield, and I, and I, and I, and I, I love sharing that method, message with men and business people especially, that we can't let our thoughts overtake us. And in this COVID world that we live in, how many of us are just being bombarded with this right. depressing, discouraging news yep. and being defeated by it? But God has a bigger truth. He wins. He has already won. We are on the victorious team. Let's live in that victory. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. I, there's so many takeaways here. And I just want to remind our audience of some of them. I, you know, the refining fire is not meant to be the end. It is meant to be right. The refining tool. I love that. One of the first things you did, and I'm learning so much about prayer on my own journey right now is that is that you went to God, that you really, you really went to him in prayer and that did something that caused something in you and your team that you really couldn't have done on your own. And I think that is so massive when we think about doing business with God. I think it's unfortunate that so many of us only turn to God when things 
do burn down, you know, but man, how much can we experience God in his presence and his leading if we were to really depend on him yes, sir. as if our, our, our business is burning down right on a daily basis that we can really pray and negotiate with God for our business. I think that is so good. You know, one of the things you said too, man, it's so powerful is that a leader shows strength and courage and vision, but yet that doesn't mean that you don't have weakness, that you don't need a community, a trusted advisory board, you know, to really be weak in front of and to be vulnerable and to lift you up because Satan does come after you in your mind. And I have been so many times as an entrepreneur now on my back thinking, well, this is it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like I'm done. I don't really know what to do next, God. And, you know, and, it, and it's that, or I'm sitting on the couch and I just feel hopeless. I'm like, ugh. Like, am, am I, am I really going to be any good at this? You know, and to think that like, it is such a mind game that Satan yes, wants to yes. doubt, you know, put doubts in there, you know, and I just have to remind myself, no, Ellis, no, like, remember what, remember your calling, remember what you're called to, and then ask people to pray for you. I just think those are massive takeaways, man, for so many business owners and entrepreneurs in this season um, that I want to be reminded. So uh, Will, let, me add one, let me add one thing to that please. too, because the other thing that I have done is I have become a professional journaler hmm. because you know, in the old Testament, how God, when he moved in a significant way, oftentimes our, our old Testament forefathers would build altars. I look at my journal as an, a place where I can build altars and remember what God has done. So I don't forget in my own life how God works. And so that I can identify verses of scripture, like when, when we are weak and we're struggling, you know, and on our couch, that we can go back to, you know, 20, 20 verses of scripture that remind us who God is and, and what he's doing in our life. And we can, we can rely on those anchors and those altars, but also when he moves significantly in our lives, that we can build altars in a journal, you know, whether it be a handwritten journal or a verbal journal, or you're doing that every, every uh, week in your podcast. You're creating altars for people to come back to and be encouraged in what God is doing. In your mastermind group, think about what you're doing. You're creating a community for investors and entrepreneurs to come together. And, and, and to bear each other's burden as we are called to in Scripture. And so I commend you, my brother, for the things you're doing. But the Word of God is transformational. We know it's living and active. When we feel defeated, God has given us a book. He has given us a book. Hmm. Prayer and the Word of God and the truth of what we know. Victory victory we win brother we've won that's so, good, man. that's so good well how can our audience man they want to get to know you more or, or get some of these resources that you have for sure. business owners and entrepreneurs where can they go yeah um, i've got a website uh personally willconnect.com and that's w-i-l-l-k-n-e-c-h-t.com and i'm actually in the process right now as we tape this of, of redoing that site um, and then our business, if you want to see a little bit about what we do and a little bit about our story, it's wendellaugust.com as well. Um, but again, at the end of the day, brother, uh, kingdom capitalist. I love being a kingdom capitalist, a tent maker in my little world of metal crafting mm -hmm. and uh, just trying to be obedient to what the, the Lord is calling me to do. And I know that's to proclaim his greatness and to encourage others in their faith. And so what a blessing being on your podcast yeah. to be able to do that today.
Dude, thanks for bringing the hammer today, man. I, I absolutely loved it. So encouraged. Just real quick on willconnect.com. Is there anything they can expect there if they go there? It, something. Yeah, they... I've got a free uh, a free giveaway that is a um, and I'm not I'm no guru. I'm a business guy just just following Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm no guru, no you know no trainer, not nothing like that at this point in my life. But I have this I have this thing that I've I've dissected that I've you know, I would give to a lot of guys and they said, man, can you put this onto something that would be like what? So it's called uh, seven, uh, seven strategies to control your mind. So the enemy doesn't. So just, you know, that, that, uh, the, the, the attack of the enemy of the mind, seven strategies to control your mind. So the enemy doesn't, it'll be on my website. Um, and it, uh, it gives you the, uh, take every thought captive and then six other strategies that I've learned that. through adversity. Love that. Um, Will, man, thanks again, brother. This has been so great. Uh, everyone, I know you're like, your heart's got to be on fire. There's probably so many things you're thinking right now. Um, I just want to encourage you go to the Lord with this in prayer, ask him to do business with you and maybe in you today yes. in this week. And as always, if you're enjoying this show as much as I am, that's why I keep doing this just because I love these interviews. I, I, they are, I love how you said they're, they're altars for me and just honestly altars that, um, you know, there's, there's one thing you I, even the point of a mastermind, you can go through the experience and learn it, or you can, you can listen to experienced veterans like Will and learn from their experience. And so, um, that's why I keep doing this. I would really, really appreciate if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review, write a written review, let us know how powerful this episode and the episodes before uh, have been, and then take the time, please, to screenshot share your review on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, so we can know who's watching. Uh, that would really go a long ways. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you for being here. Thanks again, Will, man. Really enjoyed having you and everyone will see you next week. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind. And even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.